0: You're listening to Hive Hoops, a Charlotte Hornets podcast. Here's your host, Joshua Balta.
1: Hive Hoops post-trade deadline episode coming at you today. I know everybody was excited. Well, not everybody was excited for the uh, trade deadline. Many in Hornets Landia was worried about Mitch No Moves Cupcheck possibly making uh an appearance but the Hornets did end up making some moves. Special guest on the show today Matt Spawnhour from Stay Hot a sports podcast. Many of you in Hornets Land know Matt. Glad to have you on the show today man. How's it going?
0: I'm glad to be here. It's always good to talk about some Hornets. Pretty small market team. You don't always get the chance to when you're talking about the NBA as a whole on the podcast. So I'm, I'm just happy to be here. Is
1: it is it always a good thing to talk Hornets? I like, well,
0: I I enjoy doing it, but it's not always that great. And today it's maybe not always that great too. But I'm still glad to do it.
1: Boom, boom, boom! A little
0: a, a, a little foreshadowing for later on in the episode. I think
1: that's what we just had there, just a little. Uh, n- no, man, look, love this team.
0: I-, I just wish it loved us back every once in a while, right? It's tough, man. I mean, I-, I feel like a lot of times I try to be positive about them. And I feel like compared to a lot of people on Twitter, I am positive about them. Even when yeah. Mitch Kupchak doesn't make any moves, most of the time I feel like I get where he's coming from. And I don't necessarily hate not being super aggressive in the trade market, Uh, but... Today was maybe not the greatest. More foreshadowing. I love it. I love it. So we're
1: going to hop right in. Mason Plumley. everybody in the fan base, actually been giving him his flowers as of late. I mean, people who have been dead set against Mason Plumley since the first day he stepped foot in Charlotte, they've been singing his praises as of late but still saw that the writing was on the wall had to get him out. It's time to hand the keys over to Mark Williams uh Nick Richards get those backup minutes so that we're not having that weird back and forth every four or five games mm-hmm. where Mark Williams all of a sudden sits and Nick Richards gets an appearance. It was time, right And so Reggie Jackson coming to Charlotte not for real, but he is uh 2028. 20, Second round pick. The Hornets are banking on a 13-year-old somewhere out there in the universe currently. We'll see what comes of that. But that's uh the big uh Mason Plumley open up the front court minutes trade. And then you had Jalen McDaniels being traded for two seconds and Svi Mahalik, which is going to be an Eric Collins special. If he stays in Charlotte, that may be another Reggie Jackson uh situation there. We'll see. Uh, maybe probably not on the buyout market, but more of just being like, hey, man, you're good. But Matt, I want to get your overall thoughts on this Hornets trade deadline. You've already kind of uh, you know, alluded to that a little bit,
0: but go in deeper, sir. You see a lot of these trades today involving uh, a ridiculous amount of second round draft picks. Now, I wasn't expecting them to land any first for anybody that they had to trade. Uh, like a Kelly Oubre or a Plumlee or McDaniels or maybe P.J. Washington could have, kind of depends. Um, But I was expecting a little bit more than what they got. And what I kind of feel like is they put themselves into a position where they wait until the last possible second to make a deal. Like the Hornets, were, they were not going to pay Oubre and McDaniels and Plumlee and PJ Washington. All those guys weren't going to get paid. That's just not in the Hornets wheelhouse. They're not good enough. They don't got cash like that. They're not trying to go into the luxury tax. I don't necessarily blame them for that right now. But when you wait until the last possible second and you wait until uh, things are kind of breaking down like that and you need to make a move, teams know that. And I feel like that's what happened on draft night where it's like we can't we feel like we just can't have another rookie. We must make this trade and they didn't get back super good value. And now you've got, again, we're at the deadline. We can't possibly pay all these guys, and now we we maybe don't get back the greatest value. McDaniels, I was a little bit lower on. Then it's like, okay, well, one of the picks is our second, so you can talk yourself into that basically being a first. But then we also gave up uh, the Knicks 2024 second, your, I believe. I, I really thought McDaniels is a guy that we could keep. If we were going to pay somebody, I thought McDaniels would be pretty high on that list, to be completely honest. And with, with Plumley, I mean, you saw Thomas Bryant, who I, I don't think is better than Plumley. Plumley is having a career year and has been legitimately very, very good. So I thought, OK, if we're in line for three seconds or even two seconds that maybe one of them seems like it could be top 40. Yeah, I, I would have taken that. But to get one that you don't even know where it's going to land, I, I mean, if if that's Anywhere below 45, 50, it could very easily be you know worth cash considerations. Teams trade away those picks for cash considerations all the time. So it just feels like doing the absolute bare minimum or getting the absolute bare minimum. It's nice the front court minutes opened. Um, I, I'm excited that we don't have those rotation problems. But overall, I just don't think we got great value for the guys that we moved.
1: Yeah, I think you brought up a good point there, kind of backing ourselves into a corner where you're waiting to the last second. I brought this up on a previous episode. Do you believe it would have been better for the Hornets to set the market or be one of those teams? Maybe not set the market because the first trade we really saw go down in recent weeks was the Rui deal by the Lakers where it was three seconds, right? I thought Jalen McDaniels, I'm with you. I, th- I I know you were bringing up Plumlee there. But I actually thought that Jalen McDaniels was a good comparative there with Rui, and I was like, oh, man, if he's going to pull three seconds, Jalen's going to get that as well. And so do you believe that maybe the Hornets should have been moving a little bit quicker? Maybe they should have been one of those first couple teams to, you know, let the domino – allow the dominoes to fall, basically?
0: I think it would have been good in the sense that – Waiting until the last hour of the deadline or the last couple yeah. hours, I guess, kind of makes it out to be, well, if you don't make this trade, man, you're just going to lose him in free agency. But yeah. I, I think that when it comes to setting the market or or watching the market get set, it it shouldn't have mattered because the market set high. It set really good. You saw a bunch of players get traded for a lot of second round picks, which is what we wanted. So maybe... In hindsight, you could say if you had been earlier, things that would have worked out. But I, I think the market played out exactly the way that you wanted to. A lot of role players were getting traded for a lot, and you had some guys that a lot of teams needed, and you still didn't get what I think is equal value back for them.
1: Yeah. Have you ever seen so many guys go for four and five second round picks?
0: No. I, and that, that's, I mean, that's a totally new thing. I can't remember the last time I saw five or even really four second round picks in a trade. Just unreal.
1: I mean, who who all was it? I mean, Jay Crowder, Gary Payton, uh... Jay
0: Crowder, Gary Payton, Josh Richardson went for yeah, four. Josh
1: Richardson. He I'm went. For, to... He went for four. Correct.
0: That's yes. Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay is another when good he one. was
1: rerouted to Atlanta.
0: Yeah, yeah, he was rerouted, and that was for five uh, second rounders. Now, the one thing I'll say to defend them is that in a lot of those trades like you take a look at Jay Crowder well Jay Crowder three of those seconds went to the Nets and two of them went to the Pacers because the Pacers were taking on the bad contracts of Norwa mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka and George Hill so really they were paying three for Crowder and two to get off on these contracts that the Nets didn't want You're same right. thing with um Josh Richardson uh yeah part of that was four josh richardson but also Devonte graham at this point is a bad contract and he's got two more years at around 12 million not the end of the world but not a guy that the spurs are glad to take back necessarily so i would guess that part of that compensation also was for uh the the contract itself whereas the hornets they got they couldn't do that because they can't afford that because i'm guessing they want to bring back uber and washington so they got expiring and expiring deals yeah coach so who did
1: you want to see moved off of this Hornets roster, that
0: ultimately wasn't. I kind of wanted to see Ubre move. Now he's been playing really well this year. I'm not. I'm not heartbroken that anybody who stayed stayed. The only person who I would have been like that makes no sense is Plumley. Plumley was the only guy where it's just like, you you you've invested so much at center, and this guy doesn't fit your timeline at all, and he's gonna uh, you know having a, a career year on a contract season. That's just really bad optics if you were going to bring him back, so you'll lose him for nothing. But I thought Ubre was a guy who's maybe a little bit older, and I thought his value was was going to be pretty good. I'm not crushed they didn't move him, um, but I, I would have said maybe maybe him if you had gotten a good offer, but I guess maybe they didn't.
1: Yeah, Ubre. I mean, with the injury uh, and the surgery, I think that took a hit. Otherwise, I, you know, unless I – mean, you know, he's been saying and putting out there in the media that he wants to be here in Charlotte. There aren't a mm-hmm. lot of guys saying
0: those things. That's very true.
1: You know, and so I wonder if that just hit on the, you know, the heartstrings of Mitch Kupchak. He's like, oh, this guy wants us. Let's, you know, and so it's one of those things where I'm wondering if, you know, the injury and then also that statement kind of played a role into saying, you know what, we do need some vets still on this team moving forward. He was playing well. We could probably mm-hmm. bring him back on a one-year deal, maybe two years. I, I I don't know how much you know interest there's going to be league-wide in Ubre, especially on a long-term deal. Um, and so I think that kind of played a role. And then I know a lot of people were wanting to see Terry Rozier or PJ Washington, you know, be dealt elsewhere, but honestly like when you look at it you can kind of see where this this front office is thinking about going after you saw the pieces that actually ended up being dealt away and what's left now you can see you know what where the mindset is Mm -hmm. i think you can i know i know a lot of times this front office and in the fan base they're like there's it's directionless nobody knows what they're doing you don't know where you're going you know it's just you know treadmill treadmill but i thought that you could kind of see a direction there by keeping ubrey by keeping
0: pj washington your thoughts on that i think part of it is the trade value for terry rozier is uh just just not that good i mean if you were going to move off of terry rozier you may have to accept that because his contract is so long because he's a smaller guard when a team takes him on they have to plan for that contract becoming bad and he's already kind of a hot cold guy doesn't necessarily move the ball as well as some of these teams need who like need a point guard like the Clippers Rozier's still a good player but that's not really what they need and if the Hornets are going to move him I remember um, this offseason Cup check put out a letter and he's like our core players of you know Lamelo at the time Miles Bridges and Terry Rozier he views him as one of those guys that he's building around so I personally just didn't ever think that was seriously on the table unless they got an offer that didn't make sense. Maybe the hypothetical Russ and Hayward or Russ and Oubre deal for Westbrook that was going around a know. while. I thought that was maybe possible, but it obviously didn't end up working out that way. So I, I, I'm not surprised at all. And they're not going to just be like, we're going to have a total young OKC uh, Utah jazz type roster. That's that's not the direction I think the Hornets have ever had. And I, I, I don't think that's the direction they're ever going to head.
1: Yeah, I don't believe so either. You know, Mitch and MJ and Steve Clifford, you've heard from each one of them, they always bring up I've been around this league for a long time. That's almost like their coined like phrase as a trio. Now, we haven't heard much from from Michael this year obviously or in recent times. But we we often hear that from Mitch and from and from Steve Clifford. You know, I've been around the league a long time and all this. They don't seem whatsoever interested in just going completely young. I think that's why when the team drafted LaMelo and went out and signed Gordon Hayward, like you could see immediately, boom, like there were moves being made to bring in some vets. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm i with you on Terry Rozier not being a piece that the front office wanted to move as much so as the fan base and then also that maybe he didn't have the value that the fan base thought he had as well on the open market. But piggybacking off of that, do you believe that the Lakers deal where they ended up getting uh, D'Angelo Russell um, and then obviously the you know massive one that went down at midnight between the Nets and the Suns, KD going to Phoenix, do you believe those deals had any bearing on any potential trades that involved Terry Rozier to those teams?
0: I I really think that when competitive teams look at Terry Rozier, he's a good player. I really like Terry Rozier. He's one of my favorite Hornets in a long time. But ultimately, there are kind of a lot of Terry Roziers out there. There's a lot of guys who can score the ball in the NBA right now. So you look at what else he's got, and he's just not a strong defender and he's he's not good, great at moving the ball, or as much as you'd like a guard of his size to be, and that makes it maybe more of a last resort for those teams than it could have been. I would say that yeah, those teams making big deals would, you know, lessen the the probability that he gets moved. But ultimately, I think that. If the Mavericks had gone and traded for Terry Rozier, would you really feel that much different about them right now? Probably not. I think that would have been a pretty lateral move for a lot of those contending teams. So I I, I think if it did, it was pretty minor. Yeah, I, at
1: the end of the day, it, it always felt like Terry Rozier was an option to those teams. Like if we get to the end of this and we exhaust all of our options – you know, maybe he's there, but it it never felt like it was really taking hold. And like we both stated, I think that this front office actually values Terry Rozier on this team. I think that's why they went ahead and extended him early and gave him that contract deal early um, just to lock him in because he is a guy that, you know, yeah, he has some up and down play and, uh, you know, hot cold is perfect way of describing Terry Rogier, but he is that, that veteran. He is that guy on the team who is going to be, you know, scrappy. He's going to fight. He's going to go down swinging. Now he may not pass the ball and he might shoot the ball every time that he has it in the fourth quarter going down swinging, but he's going to go down swinging. Um, so all of these moves, um, You know, league wide. And then when we look at the Hornets, you know, only two moves, but, you know, opening up those front court minutes for the young guys and then moving Jalen McDaniels. Um, What does this mean moving forward for the Hornets, both this season, the remaining what, 20 ish, 25 games that are remaining and then also headed into uh, the offseason?
0: Well, I think it makes you very confident. I think there was some drama about like, okay, well, McDaniel's kind of looks really good, and PJ Washington is maybe not taking the step that you wanted to. Is there some possible drama with that contract situation? And now it's like, nope, they're. I mean, I'd assume they're bringing back PJ Washington. I'd assume that they're bringing back Kelly Oubre now. Um, So I I think the guys that are here, they've kept here because they plan to sign. So I think that is probably my takeaway. Other than that. I think this is pretty business as usual. I'm not super stunned. I, I don't know if trading plumley, other than the fact that I guess they really like Mark Williams and Richards or they feel decent about them or they at least are thinking about the future enough to know that moving Plumlee is the right call. But other than that, I, I don't know if I have any huge, huge future takeaways from the moves they made today.
1: Yeah, I guess the one that comes to mind, um, I, like you said, moving off of Mason Plumley, that at least gives you, you know, the confidence that the front office was sitting there saying, okay, we got to, we got to get him out of the way. Like, thank you for what you've done, career year, all of those things. You've been playing really well, but we've got to get you out of the way. We've got to get our young guys on the floor. So that was not, that was good to see. And so there are, <laughs> there are a lot of people that, you know, in the fan base on twitter on socials all the things that even when plumley was moved they're like hold up we didn't get we didn't get a pick because it was a little delayed on the uh, on the uh, you know details of that mm-hmm. and then you know when it, when it was said that we got one pick, oh we didn't get two picks i was like man what did i thought you guys just wanted plumley out of here like 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 now you're mad that we didn't get what you thought that we were going to get like It just felt like one of those things where the fan base couldn't be, you know, the appetite couldn't be met.
0: That's always true for a lot of fan bases with the deadline. I see teams that made two moves and they're like, my team didn't do anything at the deadline. It's like, dude, I I don't, I don't know what to tell you. This isn't 2k man. It's (laughs) it's not going to be five deals for your team every year. No. And
1: you know, the fact that we got two moves, I thought it did provide some clarity. I actually, it, if you had to give the trade deadline, I'm going to ask you this quick, and then I'm going to get back to what I was going at. If you had to give a grade for the Hornets
0: trade deadline, what what letter grade would you give it? I'd give it a straight-up C. I think ultimately we didn't get great value for the guys that we traded. However, right. I am excited to have our second-round pick back. I mean, Mitch Cupcheck, say what you want i can pick second rounders he's got he's got a pretty pretty great hit rate on those and i think the other thing is that if if you zoom out maybe you see that it's not all bad like mcdaniels well you know he was good maybe we didn't win this trade but overall he was the 57th pick and you turned him into two second rounders one being a very very high one you look at plumley yeah you only got one pick but you were paid to take on his contract you got to pick to take on his contract. And same thing goes with um, Devontae Graham. You know, you traded Devontae Graham, and yeah, maybe you didn't use the 15th pick, but you did get a first this year, and now you got four seconds from that deal. So, all of those moves in the long run, like they're not down assets, they are drafting well enough and trading well enough. So, I feel like overall they've come out a little bit ahead. But I think the trades themselves, if, it, you know, maybe zooming out is not really the fair thing to do when you're just, just talking about the trades themselves. So I give it overall a C.
1: No, I think that's fair. I land somewhere there. I might even give this uh, trade deadline a B minus. I too would have liked to see more value gotten out of those deals, especially when we saw the four and the five seconds dropping all over the place league-wide. Now, do I think we would have gotten that? No, but somewhere in the middle, you know, a solid two to three uh, seconds each deal. I think that would have been fair. Um, I think what this tells me, after kind of doing that, just zooming out and looking at it, I know a lot of people was like, what are you going to do with Jalen McDaniels? But you essentially traded him for seconds so that you could hopefully draft another player like Jalen McDaniels. I think when you look at it, I think this is what it tells us. Mitch Kupchak really likes this 2023 draft. That's what I think this tells us because like you stated that second round pick isn't like a lot of other second round picks that a lot of times are floated out there and traded, top 40 protected, sometimes there's even uh you know a top 50 protected. Like no, this is going to be a top 35 pick in the NBA draft. Mm-hmm. And so I think what this tells us is the Hornets have multiple second-round draft picks uh, in the 2023 draft. They have the first from the Nuggets, and then, of course, they have their own uh, first, which we hope is going to land, baby. We hope it's going to land. It's got to. It's got to, right? But what all this trade capital is telling me, and with the Jalen McDaniels deal, Mitch is probably going to use that draft capital – to move up and grab a guy that he really, really wants. And that may be able – he may even be able to use that second-round pick that was acquired in order to move up higher in the first round off of that Nuggets pick, and maybe even a couple more. Maybe he's able to flip what happened last year where the 15th pick went for a future first and four seconds to where we're he's being able to flip a lot of those assets into the first round and improve that pick from the Nuggets. And so, moving off of Jalen McDaniel's wasn't that big of a loss for me, honestly. And I, I, I know you said that you really liked Jalen McDaniel's. I did too. I liked what he was doing, but at some point, this is a 15 win team, and you can't bring all the same guys back. That's, from that's a 15. There's a lot team. of truth
0: to that. Yeah, it's like, well, we have to keep these eight players. Well. Keeping those eight players so far has not been awesome for the team, apparently.
1: Do you really have to do that? I'm not sure.
0: And so, you know, I –
1: from my standpoint, I felt like the Hornets front office had to make a decision between P.J. Washington, Jalen McDaniels, and throw this name in there, Cody Martin, because he was the last Hornet that was signed to a deal – I don't feel like you could have all three of those guys on the team moving forward. I felt like you had to pick two, maybe even just pick one and move with it because Cody's knee issues are starting to get to me a little bit. I think they're starting to be a little worrisome. I like Cody. I like his game. I like what he can do, but his knee's starting to, it's starting to worry me a little bit, but I felt like the front office just looking at it, it's like, man, we sign all these guys. We got the same team coming back next year, and is that what we need?
0: Not really. Yeah, I one? agree, and and I I agree with your point that trading up is very possible. I hadn't even thought about that, but you saw him do a similar thing with uh, Kai Jones, who he ended up trading up for as well. Um, I I think, and I, and I I'll, I I agree with Mitch. This is a good year to have a lot of picks. So it is. But I, I think if you're going to be aggressive and going and getting these picks, then he really has to hit in this draft class. And for the most part, I trust him as a drafter. I think that's I'm I'm very pro cup check. And maybe that's because the Hornets, I feel like always just have. I mean, their draft history pre cup check is really something horrifying. <laughs> I mean, you could argue that Mitch Cupcheck has had more good drafts than uh, the Hornets have had since they came back, you know, for every, every other GM, right? Yeah. But he does have, I mean, the, the only year where it's like he really maybe didn't kill it was the Book Knight Jones yeah. year. And I, I can't even blame a man. When we got Book Knight at 11, I thought we had won. I thought that was like one of the best picks of the draft. And it's just been as bad as it could possibly be so far. But overall, yeah, he's got, he's just got to hit on these picks.
1: Yeah. We can't have another 2021 draft. That's the thing that uh, it just feels like that's kind of what's holding this team back it well well, there's a lot of things between miles bridget Uh, well it's it's yeah it's it's a lot of things but i I agree so it's a few things but that 2021 draft is something that you know gets people canned in in the long run and so yeah he's got to hit on these picks uh but i think that's the big takeaway i think he really likes this draft he couldn't bring back the same team he needed to move off a couple guys. And, you know, like you said that, you know, Mitch just stated this, you know, this past week, week prior, it's a good year to have a lot of draft picks. And so if he can hit and he can position this team, I think, I I don't think this trade deadline was as bad as a lot of people believe it to be. Um, And I'm feeling actually better about the future today. Than I was yesterday, and that's really what we were asking for coming into this trade deadline. Maybe we didn't have the big home run swings, but I feel better today than yesterday. D-
0: do you? I think I feel maybe loosely better. I really, I'm excited. I'm more excited for the draft, and ultimately, uh, maybe keeping McDaniel's and Washington just wasn't the play. And I I would have rather traded plumley for anything then kept him like if that if, if I thought there was a very good chance I thought I was very confident they were just going to sit on their hands and be like well we tried and it didn't happen so I'm glad there with Plumley. so yeah I'd say overall I feel a little bit better but again it really just comes down to how he drafts this year yeah
1: I think there was a about Plumley, I think there was a real worry that maybe you know he played himself into a contract right like I like one of those things where it's like, oh, you because you could talk yourself into it if you really wanted to convince yourself enough. He's played well. He's a veteran presence. This team needs that, this, that, and the third. It was just one of those things where you're like, oh, my gosh, this front office can't do that. It can't do that. Please tell me you're not going to do that. And so just by single-handedly moving him and just trusting in the youth, that had my spirits up quick. Really. So, man, I appreciate you coming on so very much. I've I, I think the fan base is gonna love hearing from you. Being able to just talk about Hornets. I know you're always spread thin. I know you've been doing a lot of Super Bowl coverage, NBA trade deadline, you know, league wide stuff, but just being able to come back to your roots, right?
0: Oh, yeah. No, I'm I'm always glad to. Thank you for having me on, man.
1: Hey, no problem. Just uh, let everybody know where they can find you. I know a lot of people know already, but go ahead and let them know uh, where they can find your content, socials, all of those.
0: Yeah, the podcast is called Stay Hot. It's on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast. And then me personally, I'm mostly on TikTok and Twitter. Uh, my Twitter is Spawn Hour, my last name, uh, M, and then my TikTok is just at Spawn Hour.
1: Man, once again... Thank you for coming on. Appreciate you. Thanks for jumping on another episode of Hive Hoops. Adios. Until next time. Thanks for listening to Hive Hoops. Presented Presented by by The League. League. Be sure to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, be sure to leave a review and let us know what you thought of the episode. Thanks again from From Hive Hive Hoops. Hoops.